Hello and welcome to Studio Class. I am Megan Enan, your host and diva sidekick. Wondering how to build your singing career and still make enough money to survive? It's not always easy, and we certainly didn't cover this during Studio Class at school. However, I'm here to give you the micro-actions that over time will transform your relationship to your career. Let's do this. Thanks for joining me for episode number 12. This is a big year over in Sybaritic Singerland. I'm launching my first ever Kickstarter project on Monday, April 3rd, and it's only seven days long. With your help, I'm commissioning Wordless Lullabies for mezzo-soprano from 26 different composers across the United States and the UK. So, if you can't take listening to Enya one more time during a massage, or if you wish you had something more musically satisfying to play for your children at bedtime, or you just really want to up your bedtime routine to Ariana Huffington status, or maybe the chimey chanty part of your yoga and meditation tracks are getting a little too repetitive, or just maybe you'd like to remind your friends that new classical music is a vast field with lots of different sounds being written all the time, then please consider checking out this Kickstarter project. Remember, it goes live on Monday, April 3rd. And divas, I would really appreciate your help sharing this around your corner of the interwebs. So read more about it on meganenan.com slash wordless lullabies. Again, that's Megan Enan, so M-E-G-A-N-I-H-N-E-N dot com slash wordless lullabies. In this 12th episode, we're going back to my Rainmaker's Guide to Music Business lecture and diving into the network portion. Divas, I'm curious, what areas of networking feel great to you and which ones feel a little less than great? Help me zero in on the pointers you need in your best diva life. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Mezzo Enan, M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. And now, here we go. Elizabeth L. Meisner wrote, Master networkers think like anglers. The angler goes looking for a particular kind of fish. She knows where it is likely to be found and what kind of bait to use. She knows you can't just throw your line in any puddle and expect a strike. To be an angler, you have to plan ahead, research your quarry, look in the right places, and shut out all distractions. So have you ever heard that phrase, your network equals your net worth? Well, I truly believe this, Divas, because most musicians find out about auditions, jobs, performance opportunities, and grants through their network of colleagues, mentors, friends, and musical acquaintances. Now, this is not the only way that you find out about these things, but it's one of the best and most reliable forms of finding out about opportunities. So one of these things that I want you to think about is think about your network right now. How robust is your network? Does your network know what you do? Does your network actively support what you do? Do they share your name with other people when other people are looking for what you do? <laughs> so you can see how this all works together. I had some voice teachers, I think, in my past that always kind of negatively said, oh, well, singing is all about who you know. And there was this negative connotation in their voice. And I thought, oh, well, that's that's terrible. I don't want I don't want it to be like that. It's like some uh, good old boys club. And 
how can music be like that? I mean, it shouldn't it be based on talent? And it is, it's based on talent quite a bit. But one of the things that's important is that it's about working with your friends and making projects come together with people that you know and like to work with. I, I always caution people whenever I hear that it's all about who you know with that negative connotation. I ask them, don't you like working with your friends too? <laughs> it's not this negative, you have to like slimy used car salesman your way into networks that that you haven't already worked in or something like that. It's more about just connecting with people that see the value in what you do and want to be a part of that. That when your passions are in the same room, it helps, it creates something bigger than the sum of its parts. Some of the ways that we want to talk about your network, building your network is first talking about your email list or a contact list. So part of what I want you to do right now is you can pause this podcast and make a contact list of every single person you can think of that is actively supporting you in your musical endeavors. And I hope that that list gets pretty long or that you run out of names. You'll start to notice that the names that you interact with the most are kind of coming to the top, they bubble to the very top of your list. And then that kind of helps you understand that ripple effect of your network, kind of first tier, second tier, third tier of people that you're involved with. You'll see that your first tier is very easily, is crystallizes very easily to, in your mind. You know exactly who those people are. Those are your mavens. The mavens are the people that like share all your stuff on social media because they like what you do and they want to support you. They may not be your most valuable critics outside of that because they're so close to what you do. So that second tier is really where some good stuff happens. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. But first, email lists. I hope that you all are building an email list. Email lists are very trendy in the world of like informational products at the moment. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to fangirl it out over email lists is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but the point is, I want you to remember that you own your email list and you don't own your Facebook profile or Twitter profile that when, you know, whatever happens that Twitter suddenly disappears, I am going to lose my connection to all of those followers. And it's my responsibility to encourage those people that I connect with on a regular basis on social media to make the leap to my email list so that I can continue to contact them if for whatever reason, suddenly social media disappears. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But the point is, is that you own your email list, you own that contact information in that regard, and you don't own the contact information through a platform like these various social media channels. If you don't have an email list, sign up for MailChimp or another service. There's plenty of services out there. I started with MailChimp because I really enjoyed their templates. It's very user-friendly and the designing part of it seems very idiomatic to me. So maybe that also works for you. Sign up for MailChimp to kind of get started. You can start with a free email list on MailChimp. And I made the jump to ConvertKit later because I was ready to invest more in my email list. So maybe you will also make that if you're ready to start doing things like email drip campaigns, as well as very targeted service oriented emails, then then maybe ConvertKit is ready for you or you are ready for ConvertKit. So <laughs> sign up for your 
email platform of choice, just get it started. Start putting all of those little sign up boxes on your Facebook pages, at the bottom of your emails, whenever you're writing a guest post, anything like that. So whenever you are on a podcast or whenever you're just chatting with people and they want to know how to get more information about what you're doing, then it's very easy for you to send them there and they can sign up. They've opted into knowing more about you. And that is a very powerful first step. So like I said, make it easy to subscribe to your email list. Think about all of the ways that people interact with you. You've created this fully fledged mall of, of ways for people to get in touch with you. You've got website, you've got email, you've got social media, you've got program bios, you've got all sorts of things that think of this like, like a traditional mall where everybody comes in parks like around the outside and all of those different doors are your various channels to find out more about you. And what you want to do is entice people in to come check out different parts of the mall. You don't want them to only be in the big, the big department stores on the end of the mall, right? You don't want to just leave them there and not get them to come farther and farther into checking out more and more about you and booking you and hiring you, etc. It's your responsibility to, to create a path from those various corners of your mall to where you want them to go. So sometimes you'll hear this call be called a funnel. Thinking about that, you could include a permalink to the subscriber page on your business card in addition to your website. How many of you have business cards? Are you actively handing them out? I would love to know. I have had business cards forever. I just recently got new ones and got them designed. They're very beautiful. <laughs> I love that I supported like a woman-owned designing business and and I love handing them out at things. I know that they don't last very long because you hand them to somebody and they put you into their phone or they friend you on Facebook and then your business card goes in the recycling bin. But I know that, but I find that they're still kind of useful. How do you use your business cards to their best extent? I would love to know. So hit me up on Twitter and tell me that too. I'm at Mezzoenan, like I said before. One of the things that I want you to know about email lists, open rates are traditionally higher during the middle of the week and between 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. So if you're really trying to kind of zero in on people when they're looking at their inboxes, that's a good time to show up. Your goal, though, for an email list is to enhance their life the people that are reading your emails, enhance their life, not spamming their inbox. No matter what you're putting together for your email list, make your content engaging. This is not just one more place to put a billboard. I have this concert. Let them know why that concert's going to be important for them. Let them know why they should engage with you. What are you providing during that concert that's going to fulfill their life or be more satisfying for them? Or you're asking them, to trade valuable hours of their life to come listen to you perform. And listening to you perform might be the experience that they need, but they may not know that. So it's important to communicate the value of that experience. And that means always include a call to action. Any email that you send out should have one very clear call to action. A call to action is one specific directive that you want them or a direction that you want them to take. At some point in your email, you should say, buy a ticket to this concert, right? And then provide a little button that takes them straight to purchasing that ticket. Once you've made the case for why they should purchase that ticket, then make it very clear. Uh, maybe you want them to share your Kickstarter on their social media channels. <laughs> Plug. <laughs> so if that is the case, then one specific call to action. So your email shouldn't have 16 different call to actions. Then you should spread those out. So if you have 
clear call to actions, that tells you exactly how to build your content. So you can make a more regular email list. I think that people often start out with quarterly email lists, then move to monthly, and then you can get uh, more regular than that. If you'd like more information on this, hit me up. I'm, I love to talk about things like email lists. And we can talk about what regularity you would need for your email list. All right, I do want to talk about creating a networking funnel. I think that this is a really important part about how we move people from strangers to mavens. I want you to think about this large pool of people out in the world. These are your strangers and prospects. This is the biggest circle that we want to move people from this biggest circle to your inner circle. This is the process of your networking funnel. So strangers and prospects are this giant circle out in the world and people start as strangers. You want to start bringing in more of your intended audience. So you turn prospects into supporters with active questioning and connection. So I want to talk about a questioning funnel. This is very important and I think is one of my favorite networking tools. I'm giving this away so when you feel me doing this to you, you don't have to point it out. <laughs> like, just enjoy it. <laughs> a questioning funnel works like this. You start with a basic question and that could be, you know, when you're trying to talk to new people, you say something like, wow, aren't these muffins delicious? <laughs> like, always talk about food. It's always easy. It's an easy open, lining, open line for any sort of event. Or isn't this, you know, breakfast buffet terrible, right? Um, people want to talk about that kind of first level information. It kind of gives you a bond to talk about right away. This is a part where I always tell people, don't ask names right away. Don't lead with, so what's your name? Because if you're like me and names are hard to remember, you need some context first. So it's important to start with a conversation and it might be a throwaway conversation until it's not a throwaway conversation. Talking about the muffins on the breakfast breakfast buffet is a throwaway conversation until you start going, until that person's like, you know, I ran a muffin business for years. And you're like, you ran a muffin business? That's exciting. That is when they, you go from throwaway conversation to, oh, here is something very interesting and engaging about this person. And that's when I want you to start asking for their name. So once somebody gives you that little hook of, I ran a muffin business and whatever it is, it doesn't matter. When they give you a hook that you go, wow, really? That's when I want you to ask their names because in their, in your mind, you're going to go, oh, that's, Sarah so-and-so that started the muffin business because you've given yourself a little anchor in your mind for their name. So you have this context of their name plus an interesting fact about them. And that's when you can really start your questioning funnel because they gave you an interesting fact. I ran a muffin business for years. Oh, you did? That's so fascinating. This is the second part about the questioning funnel is tell me more about that. So it's not necessarily a question in itself, but you're asking for more information and it gets them talking more about something that you both find interesting and engaging. They find it interesting because otherwise they wouldn't have started a muffin business and you find it interesting because wow, how many people do you know that have a muffin business? You've started with, oh really? Then you said, tell me more about that. And then follow that up. The third part of the question funnel is follow it up with specific question words. Who, what, when, where, why, how. When you think about that, you're talking about this, you're asking them about, or tell me more information about this muffin business. And then within that, you're showing that you're listening and you're gaining more information because you say, oh, when did you start that? Oh, that's so interesting. Was it difficult to start a muffin business? Hmm. Or how did you go into business with your best friend? That's your question funnel. 
And that's where we're really starting the process of taking strangers slash prospects to acquaintances and clients and supporters. You have to start your network somewhere. You cannot simply go to an event and start with someone and be like, oh, you you ran a muffin business? That's so fascinating. Will you give me $5,000 to sing this gig? Right? That doesn't happen that way. And it's about nurturing relationships. So networking is about building relationships. And if anybody tells you differently, they're lying to you. (laughs) I want you to turn your prospects into supporters with active questioning and connection. And over time, you build that relationship to acquaintances, clients, and supporters. These are the people who actively help you bring in more of your desired opportunities. And these people will also actively help you build your social proof. I was talking a little bit about this secondary level earlier in the podcast because these people, your acquaintances, clients, and supporters, are the ones that dramatically improves your social proof, as well as bringing in more desired opportunities. The reason that they dramatically improve your social proof, social proof is other people say that you're good at something and that helps me believe that you are good at the thing, right? Testimonials are an example of social proof. Social proof, the reason that they dramatically improve your social proof is because it's easier for other people to believe someone who is only tangentially connected to you rather than someone who's your best friend. Of course, your mother, your grandmother, your best friend are all supposed to say glowing things about you. So it's not as easy to believe that person as it is to be to believe someone who is not as closely connected to you. So if your friend from grad school's, you know, coworker says, oh my gosh, I just found out about this amazing project and I cannot wait to go. I kind of know this person, but not really. And I am just on fire about this kind of performance. Other people in her network are going to believe her because they're like, wow, uh, she doesn't even really know that person, but she's so excited about it. So I'm definitely going to check that out too. And the second part of what I was saying is that these people actively help you bring in more of your desired opportunities. It is likely that the people in your inner circle, that you know about all the same opportunities as those people in your inner circle. It's actually your second tier, second tier circle of people that are bringing you more information from diverse outlets. So when you want more opportunities outside of what you already know about, you need to look to your second tier and say, what kinds of things do they know about? What kinds of opportunities have they been posting about? And that's going to lead you outside of some of the smaller niche inner circle opportunities that you've been working in. So if you are looking to actively bump up a next level from your generalist to specialist to expert to advanced or authority, if you're looking to bump up a level, Look to your acquaintances, clients, and supporters, that second tier of connections for the opportunities that they're posting about because that's going to break you out of your bubble and hopefully get you into more and different networks. And that finally leads us to our final point of the networking funnel. We want to take people from that large pool of strangers and prospects into the second tier, acquaintances, clients, and supporters, to our inner circle of advocates and what Kevin Kelly calls 1,000 true fans. And I'm sure all of you have heard of Kevin Kelly's 1,000 true fans before, but these are your ride or die music people. (laughs) These are the people that are constantly giving you feedback, that's really helpful, that you are willing to share your 
most passionate ideas with before they're ready for public consumption. These are the people that when you have something big, you send it to them first and you say, this is my baby. This is my like, this is something I'm holding a little precious at the moment. Can you give me feedback on this before I put it out into the world? Because you trust them. And your advocates are the ones that are constantly thinking of your name. Your name is at the top of their mind for what it is that you do. It is important to stay really connected to your advocates and to support them the way that they're supporting you. But remember that you are already at the top of their mind. So there is a threshold at which there are diminishing returns by by continuing to only work with your advocates and your thousand true fans because they're already thinking of you. So you don't have to overly pour into that circle when you also need to be paying attention to your second tier and hopefully moving acquaintances, clients and supporters closer and closer to your advocates or thousand true fans circle. I hope that makes sense so far. <laughs> if any of that was confusing, feel free to drop me a line. I'm happy to talk about it more. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about how to take prospects to supporters. One of the things that I really want people to try more of is informational interviews. The harpist in my trio, Jennifer, is amazing at setting up informational interviews, and I'm trying to be more like her. But <laughs> the point of informational interviews is to arrange a coffee, or even better, offer to bring the coffee to them so that you're not disrupting their day with more travel. So arrange a coffee with someone that you know or might be willing to meet with you to give you insight into a specific skill set that they possess. And before that, you want to practice your list of questions so that you don't feel like you're reading them while in the meeting, but you know how to get to the types of topics that you want to talk about or that you need more information about. Perhaps you want to have an informational meeting with someone who is an agent and you're not you're not trying to get on their roster, but you have a, a basic connection with this person and you'd like for them to give you more insight in, into what they do so that you can find out more information about that field or more information about what it's gonna be like to start working with an agent. That's a perfect type of informational interview. So informational interviews have the added benefit of keeping you near the top of other professionals' minds when they're asked for recommendations. So this is an important step. If you want other casting directors to think of you, then have more informational interviews with casting directors. It's likely that you'll want to start with informational interviews that of people that are definitely going to say yes. So go back to your contact list in your mind and say, who do I know that is in a field that is related to music, but I don't really know that much about? right? Uh, conducting, for example. I do not do a lot of conducting. That's not an area of music that I've devoted all of my life to. I would love to meet with more conductors and just ask them about their process and learn more. Informational interviews are about learning more and is not necessarily to be like, can you please give me a job? Because that's the needy, desperate side of networking that we don't want to have happen. But we do want to build our relationships. If I know a conductor, it's important for me to set up set up a coffee meeting with that person and just say, hey, I want to know more about what you do. Can we have coffee sometime? And then take that opportunity to kind of learn and grow from there. And maybe that person, this is to say that I have often had the experience in coffee meetings or informational interviews where I'm asking somebody about something and they say, oh, do you know so-and-so? And you don't know that person yet. And that's the point is that you're building your network that way 
without coming across as somebody that's grabby or needy, that person is taking the opportunity to make a connection between you and somebody else that they value. And it's important for you to follow up on that in that manner. So you're saying, thank you so much for sharing that contact with me. I'd love to talk more to that person. I will treat our relationship right by making sure that I bring that awesome attitude and a non-needy personality to that other person and just learn more and be a, a relationship and community builder in that way. So it's time to brainstorm divas. I want you to figure out how you will systematically bring new people into your musical and social network this week. That's your goal for today's studio class. So take some time, get those brainstorming neurons going and Think about how you're going to dramatically increase your network of people by building relationships and by building community. All right, divas, that's it. Until next time. Thanks for joining me for episode number 12 of Studio Class, brought to you by the Sybaritic Singer. Many thanks to Juanitos for the music featured in this episode. I hope you will check out my wordless lullabies for the sleepless Kickstarter this week by visiting meganenan.com slash wordless lullabies. Hey divas, did you know there's one very simple way you can support our show to ensure we keep producing more content? Simply head over to iTunes and give us a rating. First, subscribe to the podcast, and then you can rate the podcast by selecting one to five stars. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider giving us a five-star rating. This takes less than a minute to do, and with each new rating, it only boosts the visibility in iTunes for Studio Class. It means a lot to me and to the show. Higher ratings means greater discoverability. Thanks for helping me do my part to be a shepherd for our art form. <laughs>